I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome everyone to the Really 007 podcast. I'm Rob Parker and we're here for this special interview with the iconic Caroline Munro. She, of course, played Stromberg's assistant Naomi in one of our favourite Bond films, The Spy Who Loved Me. You can watch all our interviews on our YouTube channel, but you can listen to them and more on iTunes and Spotify. Please subscribe and leave a lovely review if at all possible. We're also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, where you'll find plenty of silly interactions between Bond fans all over the world. Uh, with me today, we have esteemed Really 007 contributors, John, Chris and Math, who are all really excited to chat to a real life Bond girl. Yeah. Um, so how are you gentlemen today? First of all, are you okay? Very excited. Very good. Very excited. Excellent. And our guest today really needs no introduction, but I'm going to attempt one anyway. Caroline has had a long and illustrious career as a model, singer, presenter and actress in TV and film. But we, of course, know her best for her memorable part as the villainous Bond girl Naomi from The Spy Who Loved Me. Caroline, how are you today? Golly, I'm all the better for seeing you boys. Oh. <laughs> I say my Bond boys, that's lovely. Very nice to see you all. <laughs> right. No, oh, I no. feel very, very warm. Wonderful. And thank you so much for giving giving us your time today to come and have a conversation with us. I can't really describe to you how loved you are in the Bond world, but also <laughs> um, how excited we are to just get to get a chance to have a chat with you. So it's just a great day for us. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. You may... You've made a, a Bond girl very happy, or Bond woman, or whatever we are today. I, th- I think I can die happy at this point, Caroline. <laughs> so, um, first off, let's talk about modelling. How did you get into modelling? Golly, that, that's a hundred years ago. It was um, I was at I was at school, very young, sixteen, and I thought I was going to go to an art school because that is what my 
calling seemed to be. I wasn't very good at the academic side, being very dyslexic. So it was a bit of a struggle for me. School didn't really like it, but I loved art and I liked tennis and games and things. So basically, uh, the school closed down, not due to me, I might hasten <laughs> to add. The school did close down, but I, I'd got a, an O-level at that time, and it was it was art, and I had French as well. So I got into the Brighton Art College for a Saturday, for a Saturday morning. So it was Saturday morning, and I was all of 16 and a half, I think, and it was to do life class. I'm sure all of you know what life class is. Do you? Yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. <laughs> it's sort of naked people. And I, and I went to a convent school and suddenly I was at this art college and there was, I remember going in and there was a naked gentleman partly draped with um, a towel or something. And, and so we had to draw this. So that was my first sort of foray into, into um, art college. And there was an art student and I wasn't very good at it, to be honest. I it was not perhaps my forte, but there was an art student there who was studying photography. And he asked me, um, he said, would you like, would you mind if I took some photos of you? And, and I said, oh, that's okay. You know, that's fine. So we went to Preston Manor, which is outside of Brighton, very beautiful old manor house. And we did some pictures. I was, I remember being barefooted because I was always barefooted in those days because I, I kind of grew up by the seaside. So barefoot was the way for me. And then he asked my mum, he, he, he was happy with the pictures. He showed them to my mum. They were mostly headshots and, you know, full lengths in tight sort of jeans and sweaters, things like that. And he said they have a, competi- a, a photographic competition by David Bailey in the newspaper. And could he send one of the pictures off unbeknownst to me and a mum said yes I'm sure that's fine you know thinking yeah that's fine you know what's going to happen nothing <laughs> but basically I think about six weeks later we heard back from my from him via my mum saying actually you've won this competition you've you've become the face of the year 1966 <laughs> so wow. I, thought, I thought oh my goodness that's quite funny anyway so we <laughs> we moved up to London at that time and I went to Lucy Clayton, which was a modelling school. So started learning how to get in and out of a sports car gracefully. <laughs> Those were the days of the miniskirt. Don't forget. Of course, yes. I've never gotten. I've never been in and out of a sports car. Um, Mini was my 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 car. So they taught us that. Supposedly, one had to do it very gracefully with one's knees together and then manoeuvre. Not very good at that. I was not very good. Anyway, so that's really how I got into modelling. My first job was for a a wonderful fashion photographer called Brian Duffy. And we were sent to Malta, of all places. And it was for Cortel sweaters. And it was in, I remember, I thought it was very bizarre because there was a a much, he seemed much older, male model. He was French. He was very gorgeous. And he was all of about 25. And I thought, oh. Gosh, she's so much older. And then this lovely um, Swedish model, Marin Grave, who was in her 20s too. So I was I was 17 at the time. So we did that. And I, I, I remember sitting in the water. They said, you have to be in the in the water in this lovely uh, Cortel jumper I was wearing. So that went to American Vogue, apparently. That was one of the pictures in American Vogue. So I was sort of on my way. So that's really how I started. And then work from work. It's a funny yeah. one, isn't it? <laughs> it's, no, it's amazing because you're sort of like plucked almost, you know, and like, wow. Very, and then It was very strange because I had yeah. no plans to do anything like wow. that. I really didn't, not at all. 
So, but like destiny sort of intervened in a way and decided this is the trajectory, I guess. I suppose it could have, yes, it must have done, wasn't it? Because my dad was a lawyer. So it was very, you know, it's very kind of, we had nobody in the family that had done anything remotely, which was quite, I suppose, racy if you look at it. But it wasn't <gasps> racy at all, you know, in no. the 60s. It so was not. But it seemed like a very different profession when most of young girls at that time wanted to be nurses or I don't know flower arrangers or something and there wow. was I doing this strange job which I loved I actually loved yes I was gonna I, ask did, I you, enjoyed did you enjoy it? it I loved it it was very creative you know you had to bring your own yourself but you also if you were modeling clothes and some beautiful clothes you had to interpret the clothes so in a way if I think about it that was a uh, maybe an introduction to the acting anyway, because if you were wearing a suit, you know, you had to portray you were wearing a suit. And I was very young. So, so you had to act out whatever you were wearing, the clothes, basically. And I became very used to the camera. You know, I, I became very used to the camera because obviously that helped me later to be aware of a film camera, but not aware. Because you, you kind of, uh, you very much, obviously, when you're doing a photo shoot, you're very aware of the camera. So you're emoting to that camera. Mm. You're, you know, that's that's what you're doing. But obviously with acting, it's a whole different ball game. Even though as a model, I'd been aware of the camera, this time I was still aware, but then you you kind of so hopefully into the whatever you're doing insofar as the acting that that it really helped me. It gave me the confidence really. Because as as I say, very dyslexic, quite really quite a shy girl, which you wouldn't think now, would you? But I was a very shy girl. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And uh, you ended up working with Vogue quite a bit. Is that right? I did work and with Vogue quite Vogue, a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's Bailey like the, quite a lot. With David Bailey. Yeah. I mm. mean, how was that? Because that's like the pinnacle of the profession, isn't it, really? You know, to, to be involved with Vogue. I suppose. Yes, I suppose it was. I mean, I was very lucky. I did with, with Bailey. I did um, Brides, which was the, the magazine of Brides, a, a bridal magazine. So I wore these beautiful bridal dresses. I remember, and we shot in, and it's still there, I think, Vogue House in Hanover Square in London. Um, and that's where I shot it. And I seem to remember the big deal is, I think, for working at Vogue, which was meant to be, you know, very prestigious, um, I think I got all of about eight pounds a day. And I thought, wow, this is so cool. I've got eight pounds a day and I'm working in Vogue. I was only about 17, maybe 18 wow. at that point. But yeah, so so for Vogue was very good for me. Yeah, I did a lot for Vogue. Lovely. And and do you still look back at those days with fondness? I mean, it feels like to me that you do. but um... Oh, I do. I, I, I really, really do. It was just, it was wonderful times. And, and it was all during the 60s. So it was, it was the whole, it was the music, which was so mm. wonderful. You had all the fabulous music, had great fashion, which of course has come back today very, very much so. You know, it's all, I look at it and I thought, Gosh, I wore loons back in the you know sixties. You know, <laughs> but loons were kind of, and then now they're all kind of coming back in fashion. And the colours, very colourful back in the day. It, now I'm it's really interesting. It's really interesting you say that about the sixties because we've just been doing a review on Thunderball, the film from the sixties, and we've been oh. talking a lot about the costumes and about the timeless mm. feel of how yes. the 60s clothes very much wear today. And it's just so very great much. that we're actually having a 60s model emphasise <laughs> that themselves. It's brilliant. Yeah, no, it is yeah. true. I mean, I, I wished I'd... I've got one 
dress that I still have that I wore. I mean, it's kind of when I look at it now, it's minuscule, but I wore it for the film I did with David Bailey. The film was called Gigi Passion. And I still have this minuscule little pink dress that was designed by Ozzy Clark. So I still have that. I still possess that. And it's tiny. I can't believe how tiny I was back in the day, but I was quite wow. small. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Your career as a singer. Can we ask about that? It was well, the, the name. I mean, <laughs> you can ask. I mean, <laughs> the names that you've worked with, like Eric Clapton and Gary I, Newman, you know. I, I, I have worked with some quite, <laughs> again, yeah, all can. by accident. It's, it's Really? It, the singing came about via actually I, I i blame my dad for that because he used to travel up every day from rottingdean in sussex where i grew up to london every day to his his office in the city and he got to know his name was steve beecher stevens who was head of decker at the time decker records oh, really? and they traveled up together down together and i used to sing in the little church choir in fact i didn't sing what it was is my beautiful friend um, Hilary Sue had the loudest voice ever and we were in the school choir so she used to sing and I used to just mind the songs standing <laughs> there very angelically she had such a loud voice that she could sing for England um, but she was she was the best and and we did it together and I remember the music teacher Mrs Keogh very well and she was she said Caroline she said, are you? I, I said, well, I, I don't have the largest voice, so perhaps I'm not doing it, you know, the way that Sue's doing it. So Hilary Sue sang for both of us. So, yes, I, I sang a little bit in the choir. And basically, Steve Beecher Stevens, my, my dad's friend, said, would she like to sing on this um, record? We want a, a young girl who looks OK. And, and would, um, would she be interested? And my, my dad spoke to me and I said, no. I don't sing, Dad. You know, really, I don't want to do it. But Steve, I met with Steve and he said, Caroline, you just can go into the studio and, you know, it's very easy. We have this wonderful producer, Mark Wirtz. He'll make it very easy for you. We have this lovely song called Tar and Cement. The town I came from was quiet and small. We played in the meadows. Where the grass grew so tall. So I listened to the song and I thought, well, it's, you know, it sounds quite nice. Basically, I found myself with my dad standing outside Abbey Road Studio. He was outside the studio, so we actually recorded Tar and Cement at Abbey Road Studios. And the flip side, the, the, the B side, was This Sporting Life, which was very incongruous because it was this, I was sort of out of the convent, straight out of the convent, and I was singing about you're getting tired of running round. Believe I'm getting tired of running round. Believe I'll get married and settle down because this old nightlife, this old sporting life, it's killing me. And I was this little voice and I was trying to sing these words. <laughs> In the background, we had the really cool musicians. We had Eric Clapton, oh, and we had mm. Ginger Baker drumming, Steve Howe of Yes, and Jack Bruce. 
So they were session musicians. So I had, is, I had those were my backing right. boys. That is <laughs> unbelievable. unbelievable. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. that, but hey, <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh no, that, it's fabulous. Yeah, quite fun. <laughs> yeah, it oh, was absolutely. Quite fun. I mean, and then obviously they tweaked a lot of knobs and it, they made it sound okay. And then, and then apparently it was starting to have some quite a lot of radio play and stuff. And there was the David Frost show. And they said, right, Caroline, we want you to go and promote it and do the David Frost show. <laughs> so I just said, I can't do it. I, can't, I really don't want to do it. So I didn't do it. And Francois Hardy, the wonderful French singer, oh, yeah. went on and had a big hit with it. And she's a, she's a singer. You know, mm. she was fantastic. So that was my little foray into, into that. Amazing. And weren't you in a, um, a, a, a Adamant music video? Like, right? I did a Adamant. Yes, <laughs> I love that. That was such fun. <laughs> Mike Mansfield was the director, right. but Adam had storyboarded all the wonderful sequences that he, he it was his vision, really. Mm. And he was the one who went to my agent and said, yes, I'd like her to, yeah. to be in it. Handpicked. Uh, yeah. Sort of handpicked, which was okay. really nice. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. that. So yes, I got to do it with him. I found him absolutely charming, lovely man to work with, incredibly creative. You know, he knew exactly what he wanted, very visually brilliant and and wonderful artist too and a very very lovely chap yeah i liked him a lot and i had such fun doing it as you can imagine it's a great it, i think it's a really good video and i think it kind of stands up today as a, yeah. as a good one because music video that that wasn't your only foray into music video and i've got to ask about meatloaf oh me <laughs> i love oh, meatloaf to bits i loved him i i absolutely adored him he was lovely and my husband was doing the george was doing the the effects with their company and he he said he said, what do you think I should call him? So he actually called him Mr. Loaf. <laughs> 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 he said, Mr. Loaf, and we're on set now. So, so yes, they did, they did some of the sequences, but he was lovely to work with. Again, incredibly creative, quite, I would say, retired, quite shy in a way, which wow. is a bit like Adam, you know, because they're bigger than life on stage. But then when you actually get them, they're, they're just creative. And, you know, I love that. I, I like the whole idea of that. But I found him wonderful to work with. And again, I think it's a great song. You know? Yes. And it was shot by Stuart Orme, I think, who's gone on to do wonderful stuff now as a director. He's doing some great stuff. So, so yes, I, I love doing it. Oh, Very that's lucky to be chosen well, by those two wonderful men. Well, that's so nice to hear. It's always nice when you, because obviously I, I uh, grew up with, on, with Meatloaf on the CD player all the time. And it was one Did of those you? things. Love that his music. To hear, to hear that, yes, absolutely adored it. To yeah. hear someone who's actually met him and spent time with him say that he was a nice person, obviously. He was a really nice. nice person. In fact, uh, I got to see him, well, obviously before. Before, uh, before he died, but I got to see him about four years ago at a, a big film festival in um, out at the O2 or somewhere like that. They did one of those uh, conventions, and he was there, and we had a lovely chat. And oh. his wife was so sweet, and and yes, he remembered the day, he, re he remembered the fun of the days, and 
and and doing them. But again, what a creative genius! Brilliant、oh, yeah. voice and a performer. You know,、oh, he gave、yeah. everything. So it's it's kind of I, I feel very lucky. And again, Gary Newman was another one.、Yeah. Very quite shy, and I mean, I I did a little. I only met him twice. Contrary to what the papers said, they were very naughty. The papers, I think, they said that I, I went out with him and things. I actually didn't. He had a lovely girlfriend, so I, I didn't ever go out、mm. with him. But we got on really well, and I did the little singing bit with him. So pump me up. <laughs> I mean, I'm just as well. I'm, I'm looking at the list of actors you've worked alongside. I know. I mean, I've, lucky, I've I? got Peter Cushing, Donald Pleasance, Eileen Atkins, Christopher Plummer, Richard Harris, and. For me personally, the most important, David Hasselhoff. I mean, it's、David、just a Hasselhoff. Are you a Hasselhoff fan, a Hoff fan. Oh, I love、oh, the Hoff. Oh, he was fabulous. Do you love him? I love、oh. the Hoff. Yeah. <laughs> he was. He doesn't actually, love the Hoff. He was. Yes, exactly. I mean, he's feel good, isn't he? Yeah, he really he is. is feel good. He's he, he's good value, I think. And and I remember we were both so nervous to be doing this film in Italy because it was quite a big deal at、mm. the time. It seemed, and he just. Come off! I think it was the bold and the beautiful, a big.、Uh, what did they call them?、Um, soap opera. A soap opera in the states, and and so it was his first film, and to be working in Italy, and then we got to both work with the amazing Christopher Plummer.、Mm. I mean, that to me、oh. was wow. Yeah. Just watching him work, I think we all stood there with our mouths open. <laughs> we really、wow. did. <laughs> I did. I was when John mentioned about everyone that you've worked with. I did、yeah. little. I don't know if you can see, but. This is like. Oh, I can't need my specs. Let's have a look. Oh, now I can. Oh, wow! This is oh, like six degrees of separation between <laughs> you. I can basically link you to everyone and every everyone in the, the film、That's、industry. So clever! Why don't you send that to me? Because I'd like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like、yes. a copy, or,、yeah. or if I can take a photo、yeah. or something. Yeah, Maybe、sure. you could send it to Jane.、We'll, I love that. We'll send it. Yeah, we'll yeah, send yeah. it. Yeah.、Ah. yeah. Yes, like it's you actually. Working、yeah. with like Christopher Lee and、uh, Christopher Plummer, Joe Spinell, what three times? You've, you've got、yes. like obviously Golden Voyage of Sinbad with Tom、yeah. Baker in there, Tom, written by Brian、um, Clement, who Brian ended、Clements, up doing、exactly. the Avengers, yes, obviously the new Avengers, the Avengers you were in,、yep. and yep. Captain Crona. You know, was, did you know kind of Brian Clement that well? Because obviously you worked with him quite yes, a few times. Yes, I got to know him very well, and we exchanged Christmas cards, and it was <laughs> always a joy to meet him because he was.、Mm. To to me, he he became a bit of a mentor because he would recommend he recommended、mm. me um, to um, Charles Schneer and and Ray Harryhausen for、right. Sinbad, and they、mm. said, "Oh no, 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 no! We want we want record, we want somebody、mm. known and you know very glamorous and this that and the other." And but Brian had written the screenplay for、uh, Sinbad. And and he said he said well just come and have a look at a bit of footage of my film of of Cronus,、mm -hmm. and so he showed them the footage and then supposedly well yes they they then I went into the office and met them and I found Ray absolutely delightful and、oh. and Charles they were like chalk and cheese it was Ray he was very、um, warm and and and、mm -hmm. loved great voice Ray had and Charles he was very business like and. Great team. They made a fantastic team. Base and then basically, I, I I got yes, I was offered the role of Mariana, which、yeah. I loved. I loved it. It was、oh, hard work. 
a lot of night yeah. shoots. Oh right, really. yeah, because it's um, a lot of, like, say, a lot of uh, kind of I- iconic actors that you've you've worked with, and obviously, obviously, there seems to be outside of the Bond, there seems to be this kind of thread of like horror films <laughs> yeah. that's, that's been an important part of your career. How do you actually do? You, do you like horror films? Is it just something you kind of fell into, and it's just? I suppose. I can't say I don't like horror films. I've obviously seen so many of them now because I go to a lot of the film festivals and sometimes I'm a judge on them. So, no, I find them fascinating. And to be offered after, um, to be offered, I was offered a contract or I was given a contract for Hammer Films. So Mm -hmm. I did the two, I did Captain Cronus and then Dracula AD. So having done the two, I actually thought, yeah, I like this. Hmm. Especially with, I think, Dracula AD, maybe we did first, but I can never remember. Possibly that was first. But I, I actually thought, I actually thought, I actually like this acting lark. I actually, you know, I took it, hmm. having said that, it sounds very flippant, but it's not meant to. It, it's meant to be, I think I'll take it more seriously now hmm. because I hmm. actually felt myself, I don't know what to say, but kind of get into the zone. I actually believed what I was doing in that film. You know, I actually thought, right, I get her, I understand her. She's kind of, you know, a little party girl, very uh, naive. And and then so so I I, I embraced that and, and, yeah. and kind of hopefully channeled her. And, of course, I was working with Christopher uh, Lee, so how could I not um, yeah. be sort of okay? <laughs> oh, wow. So, yes, I was very – and then Peter Cushing. I was so yeah. lucky to have worked with those uh, two on that film. Yeah. Just wonderful. And I worked with Peter – Later in at the Earth Corps, worked all six or seven weeks with him every day on the set with Peter Cushing. So that was wonderful. Yeah, you're you so, very lucky. You're royalty, cinema royalty. Mm, absolutely, is what you are, Caroline. <laughs> oh, I <hate> <laughs> no, I, I refute that. I refute that. Um, oh, you're very uh, sweet. <laughs> no, no, I mean, but it's wonderful because obviously we we we're not just Bond fans. You know, we are fans of all all areas mm. of cinema as well, yeah. and we constantly talk movies between us and. You, you know, you've worked with like people that we we talk about on a daily basis. It's absolutely amazing to to hear your recollections and stories from them. So it's just it's super. Hello, this is Luciana Paluzzi, known as Fiona Volpe in Thunderball. I'm doing this podcast with two gentlemen that have an incredible podcast called Really Double Seven. We are obviously sort of dancing around the big issue of James Bond here. Uh, yes, <laughs> we're really going to get to the meat. We're really oh, going to get to the meat. You, so before Naomi, you brushed with James Bond once before in well, Casino Royale. Very mm. briefly, I can say. <laughs> I, was, I was one of a million extras in that film. Right. I was um, one of the guard girls, but, but I, and I wore with Barbara Harris and Paco Rabanne, I got to wear the as we all did, the Gargoyles, I got to wear the Paco Rabanne outfit. And I seem to have got chosen a bit for the poster girl for, for wearing the Paco Rabanne. So they used a lot of photos of me, but I was in it. I mean, I, I didn't even see me in it. <laughs> I mean, I can, somebody took a still of it and they ringed, ringed me. And I said, oh, yes, there I am. And I remember 
the ones with long hair, a lot of us had long hair, had to wear these plastic bags on our hair, on our plaits. We all had plaits. Some had false plaits because they had short hair, but the ones with long hair, and I had really long hair, um, had to wear a plastic bag to make sure the plaits stayed in perfect place. And I think in the one shot that is of me, I still have the plastic bag on and everybody else has got theirs off. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that... Um, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. And I remember saying to Val Guest, the director, we because there were, what, five or six? You'd know. You mm. boys. How many directors on? I think um, there was, the, like, yeah, almost like five? half a dozen, wasn't there? Yeah. I think there was an awful <laughs> lot of them. I had Val Guest. And I um, I said to him, um, because we were only needed for certain scenes. We were in the Woody Allen scenes. We were in certain scenes. And I was kind of at the back of the line. I said, do you mind if I sit and just, can I watch? You know, can I watch? Because Woody Allen was coming on and, and you know, had all these amazing people, David Niven. And he said, you can watch if you just sit quietly on the on the side. You can, yeah, stay and watch. So, so I did. I watched these wonderful, iconic actors working and all the other girls. They were shooting the... Um, not the magnificent set, Dirty Dozen at the time, and you had all these beautiful <laughs> men wandering around, you know. So the girl girl said, Caroline, are you coming? I said, No, no, I'm just gonna stay and watch. So they all went off to the canteen and and saw Charles Bronson and all these wonderful <laughs> I can't remember who else was in it, but these wonderful men doing the dirty dozen. <laughs> but I would sit there quietly like a little mouse watching. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Fascinating and, to watch them. And to move forward to yeah. the spy who loved me i mean yeah. how how did you come to be naomi how were you cast in this <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> well i think supposedly um cubby i, I had done a an ad for a drink a men's dark rum i'm sure I could oh, say lamb's, lamb's, navy, navy lamb's navy rum yeah i'd done mm -hmm. these great big posters and they were kind of um, i suppose at the time quite risque because i was wearing Actually, I wasn't wearing a lot. Now I think about it. I was wearing a black, they had specially made for me a black wetsuit with no sleeves, made so it came down to my navel. And then I had, they put, I remember they poured a lot of water over me, which I thought was kind of strange, all over. And then I had a knife strapped to my thigh. So apparently Cubby and my dad <laughs> had seen these, had seen uh, these posters. So the posters were all over England, basically, these posters of the Lamb's Navy Rum. So I, that's what I was advertising. I remember my dad saying, because he went to the city and he went to Waterloo, and he said, Caroline, you never guess I came face to face with these huge posters of you. <laughs> and he was going to the city. <laughs> I said, oh, yes, that's me, Dad. Yeah, I mean, he knew. I mean, he, didn't, he thought it was quite fun. It was fine. But I think Cubby would seen the posters and, you know, thought that was okay. And I went to meet him and we got on well. And, and then later I was, I was offered the role of Naomi. I was offered, I believe I was offered more or less at the same time in the road of Ursa. In, wow. Um, wow. Yeah, Superman. Superman. Yeah. Superman. Yeah. Because we do have, uh, we'd like, well, did you turn down Ursa to play Naomi? Well, I asked, I asked my agent, Dennis Selinger, I said, what do you think? He said, well, we know Bond. You know, Bond is tried mm. and true. Superman mm. is new. And also, also, I, if I was a casting person, I would not have cast me as Ursa. I would not. Perhaps I wouldn't be right. So, but Sarah Douglas went on to do Ursa, to play Ursa, and she was formidable. She was perfect. Mm. And Naomi was nice for me. 
you know, so, yeah, it, so it kind of worked out. Yeah, she's a great lady and she did it beautifully. She did it proud. I would have played it different, but but not like her. She was perfect with Terence Stamp. You know, it was a really good. Yeah. It worked and it's, for her. Mm. And it worked perfectly because Naomi is perfect for you and you were oh, perfect yes. as mm. Naomi. You know, <laughs> yeah. and you absolutely, when you said before about act, acting royalty, I've got to say, you are Bond royalty. There is no doubt oh, about thanks. it, you know, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I, when I was when I was eleven year old, I for my, my grandma for Christmas bought me your helicopter that you um, flew and a little Naomi figure. Since I've been eleven year old, I have had a little Naomi figure on my desk. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> now, now, now that probably tells you how sad I am. But it also it also highlights how iconic you are. Seriously, oh, that's very, very sweet. Yeah. When did you all? When? So you've liked Bond from you were babies, basically. Yeah. When you first liked Bond, so how did you all get together and do this? You know, what? How did you? Well, how did you sort of form this band of? Yeah. Bond <laughs> well, it's actually yeah. um, Tom. Tom is my uh, older brother, and I think you've met him a few times at Q Music or something. Yeah. Yes, so, at Q so, Music. Yeah. It was, t- and we we grew up absolutely loving James Bond, and even making our own little James Bond films with our dad's camcorder. And oh, um, but that. anyway, during lockdown, Tom came up with the idea of of getting some friends together who you, you see today, who we knew <laughs> love Bond, <laughs> and saying let's let's do it, let's just do it, a bit like a chat in a pub podcast, talking about how much we love Bond. And then oh. it's kind of snowballed a bit and we've managed to meet some wonderful people, you know, not least of which yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Aww. I think what's always nice to see as well is we, we talk about this, like Bond and the love of Bond is very formative for us. It's like part mm. of our upbringing and yeah. um, just only has really yeah. standout positive memories for us. So mm. it's That's to be wonderful. able to, to talk about it together, but also, you know, we you kind of, and then to take that and uh, you know to talk to you about it oh, is extremely it is. you know like, yeah. I, we watch we watch Spy Who Loved Me every Sunday afternoon at my granddad's you house. Don't. No. no, we did. We, we, we did no, when I was did. growing up. <laughs> yeah. so, the VHS well wore out. Others. Like it was just oh, no, so but it was cute. seriously. It, it's so formative. Aww. You know this this franchise and your role and your part in this is so thank important you. to us. It's great. Thank you it's, very much. No, I was going to ask you. you all an awkward question or maybe a good question. I wanted to ask you all of you. Your favourite Bond. You don't have to say Roger, oh. although of course he was my favourite, but you don't have to say. <laughs> so who was yours? It's so it's so hard. But does anyone else oh. want to take the lead on this one? Yeah. I like um, how I like how you've taken the reins of the interview, Caroline. Gosh, I love so it. Yeah. Yeah, we love no, it. Please yeah. do. Yeah. Okay. No, I love it. Curious. Yeah. Who, I, who's a who's a Roger man? I, I do. Well, love, I love Roger. Yeah, love Roger. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I'd say Roger's my second. It's... Connery. Sean has a lot, obviously, because he was the first, and very often the first is is mm, yeah. you know yeah. the first is the one that's that's made the breakthrough. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm afraid I'm Tim. I'm with Tim. Tim, oh, Tim Dalton. Tim. With Tim oh, yeah, Dalton, yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. very different. We're... Yes, very different. I, and, but and... I think for but, but Roger, we talk about this quite a lot. For yeah. me, it's very close, Roger and Tim, because very close. Roger, Roger could do everything. He could he do could. everything. And and yeah. that was in a way that perhaps Tim couldn't. I love Tim's take. But Roger, yes, Tim's Roger take was, was just, I mean, yeah. Because, so, I mean, we'd love to know about when did you first meet Roger? Mm. 
we first, oh gosh, we first met at the Intercontinental Hotel in London, just near near the Hilton, near Hyde Park, for the press launch. That was the first meeting, <laughs> all of us there. And there was me, you know, you had all the, you had, well, the cubby was there, obviously cubby. Lewis was there, our wonderful director, Lewis. Oh, wow. And then I, I met Richard, you know, and Kurt was there. We were all there, and Barbara. So they were all there, all the main people. And then there was me, you know, so it was kind of, it was one of the main people. Press. Yeah. It was yes, it was it was the main people. <laughs> and it was a huge press. Um, they'd set it up. We were on a big stage and they had all the press there, and that was the announcement of it. So yeah, that, that so that was my first meeting. What, I liked him on like? site. You liked Very him on site. Sweet, funny. He said, Oh, mm. you know, please that you've joined the and he was just charming. He's oh. if anybody did you ever meet him, any of you? <laughs> Sadly yeah. not, no. One of life's regrets. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, just yeah. what you see is what you got. And mm. and very funny, quite twinkly, you know, twinkly and, and he would tell quite risque jokes sometimes. <laughs> was he cheeky? Especially with the he was quite cheeky, just especially when you'd go on just before you did a take, but it was great because it relaxed the crew and the crew loved him. Mm. They because he'd really? worked with he had the same crew different directors sometimes you know they had different directors but the crew absolutely adored Roger and he was so wonderful mm. with the crew you know he was very respectful for it from the coffee boy to to Lewis to the DP who was Claude Renoir we had for the uh, DP mm. so we had just an extraordinary group of people it was and and Roger was just he they they, they admired and respect and loved him so much basically and also I did because because a lot of actors, big actors, sometimes don't want to be there for the lines off. You know, you do your mm. you do your lines to them. It's the it's the reverse shot. But for me, Roger was there and he gave me my lines and I gave them back. And he, you know, he did them the way he was performing them on the actual shots. It wasn't just throwaway. He gave what he gave to me mm. on the camera. So, you know, I, I have utmost respect. He's just a lovely man. Like, it's it, it's so nice. I mean, UNICEF, what he did for UNICEF. Oh, yes. He actually didn't just uh, talk the talk. He actually walked the walk. He went out there. He mm. saw where the money was going. You know, he took mm. over from Audrey Hepburn. He was just extraordinary as mm. an ambassador. It's so nice to hear you say that, Caroline, because, you know, you asked about who's our favourite Bond and ever, but yeah. uh, and everything. But something I always man. felt, and I'm sure the other guys will agree with me, is that Roger had such a warmth and such yeah. an energy that, like, he almost watching his Bond films over and over again. I mean, the fact that he was able to make it his own after Sean is an incredible accomplishment anyway. Exactly. But, yeah. but he, a had, hard act to follow. He, he had such a warmth to him that he almost felt like a member of the family in a weird way. I felt yeah. like I knew him. So yeah, it's, it's so lovely. Yeah, it's just so lovely to hear you, you know, speaking so warmly yeah. about him. No, I yeah. do. I, I could only speak warmly about him because he was a he was a lovely man, as was Cubby. Cubby Broccoli, mm. again, very, you know... Very often, the bigger the the star or the director, mm. the sweeter mm. they are because they they've mm. been through all of you know rubbish and all the stuff that one can go through, but they've come out and they've survived it, and not through a ruthless way, just through being themselves and through being charming and also knowing their craft. Mm. And that's what Roger did. He knew his craft. He knew you know he knew his worth, and he knew 
he was quite self-deprecating. So hmm. in a way, I thought that was quite charming because I, I, I get that. You know, I understand yeah. that because you, you kind of doubt yourself a lot. And I think he did, but he was so good at what he did, especially something like The Man Who Haunted Himself, which I think was an amazing piece of mm. work. He was fabulous in that. He was mm. bad in that, but he was so, I mean, bad as the character, but he was so yes. good. Who on earth are you? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Who are you? Pelham. Oh, it's you. I told you about the phone call just now, Alex. Yes. Alex. Tell him. God, tell him you know me. You must know me. But this is Mr. Pelham. What do you want with him? I'm Pelham. I am Pelham! Don't shout. Shouting will get you nowhere. Yeah, it's amazing to hear you say that. And I, I just, uh, Math, I agree totally, because there's a few times hearing you talking about him, Caroline, when I'm thinking, this feels like you're talking about a much-loved uncle of mine, mm. you know, because he's that oh, he's yes. that entrenched in mm. like yeah. our family, you know. Like, yeah. my, my brother quoted Roger Moore in my wedding speech, in his best man <laughs> really? speech for me. Yeah, yeah. Did he? Uh, yes, because oh, he said, let's, let's get out of these wet things. Yeah. <laughs> From the spy who loved me, yeah? From the spy who loved me, yeah. From the spy who loved me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Barbara, wasn't it? It yes, was, yeah, yeah. Things. That's right. Uh, oh, yeah. so, oh, that's nice. And that was at your wedding speech. It was, yeah. He said it. He said because he said that. Um, In what he context? No, he said quite openly that um, me and uh, my, you know, we we weren't the quickest on the draw with the opposite sex. I think it's fair to say, my brother no. and I. And um, he said that we got that's all better. our seduction techniques from Roger Moore, James Bond, <laughs> and he. Oh, Said, like when you say let's get out of these wet things in a nightclub, it doesn't work too well. <laughs> no, I can't. No, 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 no. no I it's can little, imagine that. Little on the forward be, side, yes, slightly forward. I would say yes. That would be, yes. Oh, no, I, I sorry, that. that's very sweet. That's charming. <laughs> can, I, can I ask about the film in a spy you love? Obviously, there's a lot of media presence around how it was Cubby's first film on his own and there was a real push for it being like the big film grand scale and then you look at yeah. the set designs you look at everything Ken that goes Adam. in ken adam yeah. um lewis gilbert 
massive i just could you just think, just give your experience of what it was like filming on set for the spy um, love me i remember going on the first day on on the set and it was it was in the studios it was it was in at, at pinewood i remember that and it was i was terrified you know i have to admit i was absolutely i but i always am you know i still am i still get that I still get the feeling but but it, 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 and and it was it was the grandeur of the sets and I remember seeing the because uh, we walked around the sets I think they showed us around the sets the, actually it was the day before filming we went down there to get familiar with the sets and we saw the they had the almost full scale of the water tank you know the huge in the 007 stage yeah. we saw that with the submarines there so that was oof, that was out of this world and then I remember seeing. The, the scenes with at the big table with Kurt Jurgens and Roger. I, I just remember the sets being unbelievably realistic, but also very stylized and incredibly beautiful. Because, of course, it was back in the 70s, so everything was... Ken Adam had an extraordinary sense of not otherworldliness, but but he knew what was going to happen in the future. Yeah. He had one of the I can't think what the word is, but but it was kind of ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. It was very ahead of its time. All the sets, as were I suppose the clothes were very much um, again of the time. I look at Roger's suits and I look at some of the things I wore or didn't wear in the in the scenes, <laughs> which were again very evocative of the of the time. I suppose of the seventies, but. But to, to actually be on the set, you know, it was, I, I felt a very teeny little cog in a great big wheel, oh. but also very welcomed. So mm, it was actually a lovely. warmness. We had um, uh, Paul Engel. Engel was the, the, the makeup person. I remember he was, again, charming hairdresser. Everybody couldn't have been nicer. Mm. I think that's by a cubby creating a fabulous feeling of set, of, of mm. crew, and the crew were all, because they'd worked before and were handpicked, they all knew exactly how to work together. And that gives it such a cohesive, wonderful ambiance. You know, I, I can't really explain it, but, but it was like a really well-oiled machine. You know, it felt, wow. it felt fabulous. You know, I felt very, it all felt luxurious. You know, I was on a Bond film. I couldn't believe I was on a Bond film. But, um, and then there was Roger, who again would come and say good morning to all the people. I'm, I'm close to going here. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to get emotional here. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so lovely. It's yeah. just so no, but, lovely. But he would come and say good morning. Say good morning to all the crew. You know, it, it just he was he was an utmost. And as would Cubby. You know, it was just mm. it had a very calm atmosphere, which unlike some, obviously it had a big budget. You know, mm-hmm. the budget was huge. And you're right, at the time, they needed it to be quite a success. Mm. So I think they chose those people quite well, you know, the Roger and Kurt Jurgens. And Richard was a, whoa, Richard was a key mm. to that film. Richard, oh, please tell us about Richard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we, we no, hear he was a gentleman. He, he was such a gentleman. I mean, we got to know him, Jane, we got to know him so well. He was lovely. He was so charming, as was his wife, as is his wife, Diane. You know, and they, they had the children and it, it, it just, he was, he was the nicest kind because he, he plays this extraordinary character, Jaws, which is actually, we kind of like Jaws, don't we? But yeah. He's kind of yeah. very likable, even though he's yeah. this killing machine. Yeah. He's, which he's is it's very, all down to Richard, isn't it? All down yeah. to Richard. Richard made it his own and he made him very lovable and likable and all the funny sequences and hence they brought him back for the next film. Yeah. How could they not? <laughs> 
So, so yes, it was a great team. And Kurt Jürgen, super professional, mm. lovely man to work with again, you know, charming. It was a really good team of people. So mm. I can only look back on my time. And, of course, we worked in Sardinia, which is beautiful. Mm. Well, yeah. That was my location. So, but um, you were, um, not only is The Spy of Me probably one of the, the, the most iconic Bond films, but you were in possibly the most iconic scene in the film with you chasing the Lotus in the helicopter. <laughs> you ever got the feeling somebody doesn't like you? So what was the filming like with that? Was it, were you, did, were you actually in the helicopter with someone else obviously you know, piloting it, or was that kind of just shot well, on the I ground? I was in the helicopter. I, I would say I was in the helicopter. <laughs> um, and didn't I do well? Mm. <laughs> Very brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, nearly got him. No, we actually, um, but, but I, I was in the helicopter when we realized we hadn't done the close up shots. So right. we had to actually yep. recreate the scene back in London at Pinewood in the helicopter, in the Bell Jet Ranger. But no, we had a wonderful chap. I think his name was Mark Wolfe. Does right. that ring a bell? I might be wrong, mm. but he was a fabulous um, mm. you know, pilot. Yeah. So yes, we had him. And he, I remember he wore for some of the scenes, I mean, I was in the helicopter, yeah. but what he wore was he, he put on the white jumpsuit. But I remember, I remember that Paul Engelman saying he wouldn't shave his arms. He had very hairy arms. <laughs> 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 arm. And and they said no, they they won't show anyway because I think my sleeves were not too long. But he did have a long dark wig, and I don't think <laughs> he'd shave his beard either. <laughs> 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 See that didn't I have to look out for that next but, time. Um, yeah. yeah, so so we did. So we had to shoot the main bit. Obviously, was him mm. and I flying the helicopter. <laughs> but the but the other bits it, we shot at Pinewood, but not with Lewis because Lewis was busy shooting on the main stage. Right. Mm. And it was with Ernest Day, who was the second unit um, director. Mm. So we shot we shot yeah. the stuff with him, and we we just went through a few he said i think it took us about half an hour to just shoot that little bit yeah. and we said well what should we do we'll do a few things you know we'll blow a kiss <laughs> and we'll a little wave and then yeah and then i did a little wink and the and, wink and they kept yeah. some yeah. of them yeah. Ah, yeah so that it kind of came to be like yeah. that so that that was it the wink was sort of off the cuff sort of off the cuff yes i mean as i say we did a few waves and a few kisses ah. and stuff and then and then we did a wink. I'm so oh, sorry, I was John. just going to ask. No, I was, I was going to ask, can we really cheeky and just you demonstrate the wink? Because it's it's so iconic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very, I can't remember which eye. So, so there she was there. So there she was. She's flying. We're looking at her there. So it was actually this eye, I think. I'm not sure. So it's just kind of. Oh, oh there it is. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> 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 Never mind. <laughs> Wonderful. Can you swim? said goodbye to an uninvited guest.
something that we always uh, that you mentioned before, but when we spoke to other actors, you mentioned the family atmosphere. You know that yeah. it's one big family. Very, um, very much so. So, I mean, it sounds like it was just such a pleasure to be involved with something like this. You know, like um, the, the filming process. Were there any any particular anecdotes or stories from the set or from your time filming on this that you recall that still stand out? I just remember it being fun. And, and oh, and, I'm sh- and I've told this, I'm sure I've told it a million times, but, but when I was doing my big drive up, on, in the Riva speedboat, and and I, I know I've, I've told it millions of times, and I'm sure people get tired of it, but no. but I don't because I remember it really well. It was, um, <laughs> <laughs> so Lewis, we were we'd waited, we'd waited for about four or five days for the weather to get good because it had been raining and it was grey and it didn't look so, like Sardinia at all. And then I remember Claude Renoir came and said, tomorrow, he said, tomorrow, Caroline, the weather will be good because I have seen the forecast and the weather will be good and it will be shining. And he said, and you will work. I said, oh, that's good. <laughs> um, so basically, um, I got in there. We, so we were going to rehearse this scene a bit. Basically, I had to get in the reader speedboat with the driver and one of the um, assistants who was going to lie in the bottom of the speedboat <laughs> to give me my action and stuff, to give me the... So so he said, right, you're going to go quite a long way out to sea, So, which we did. We drove out and it's very powerful, a big reaver. If anybody's ever been in one, it's really, woof, you know, kind of gives you that sense of power. It's fantastic. So we drove out and then we did one run back. He said, you'll stand up and you'll come in and then you'll say your dialogue. So we did the w- w- one run through which was fine and then we went out he said now Caroline he said um this was Lewis he said now he said you're going to get ready so on my action you will on my action you're standing up you're out at sea you're standing up and then my action you will sit down and then as you come towards the in the speedboat going at full speed you will stand up and then you will be ready to meet Roger so I thought, okay, right, I've got this. So we had the uh, little um, AD assistant director lying on the floor and we had the driver all revved up and he looked very smart in his sort of uh, beret and suit and I was already in my robe. And then Lewis said, okay, he said, now I was standing up and I was ready. And he said, and then the speedboat started to to make a, you know, to, build up speed, build up noise before it got going, before it started to go. And then I, I thought, I, I thought, I thought that sounds a bit odd. I can hear something. I can hear something a bit strange going on. Um, and it was kind of like a whirring sort of noise. I thought, I don't know what that is. You know, they must be all right. It's the speedboat. It's building up speed. Yeah. And, and so then Louis said, okay. He said, action, Caroline, sit down. So I sat down and I remember as I sat down, I thought, oh my goodness me, what is that? I, I, I felt I felt like my I, I don't know what it was, but I felt pain in my bum, basically. <laughs> oh my goodness, what's this? So then I thought, okay, this is my big moment. This is it. This is I'm coming to meet Roger Bob. It's my big entrance. Mm-hmm. And then came nearer and nearer. And then he'd said to the AD, and the AD said, right, Caroline, stand up, stand up. So I stood up and I'm standing up and I'm looking. I'm kind of because my bottom is on fire at that point. <laughs> and I'm looking very, very fierce. And I'm coming into the, coming in right to meet Roger. And then I get up and I meet Roger. And I'm looking incredibly fierce because 
basically you know you, 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 obviously you know I, i'd actually sat on a bee that was the worst yeah. sort of noise I'd heard. Yeah. It's a poor bee. I mean, the bee, obviously, after that. But oh, that was no. my big entrance, and it was just a bit sad, really. But oh. anyway, but I had the right. I, I felt I looked right for it. So it was really at no, at no stage, the multiple million times I've seen this, have I gone? That's a bee stink. Yeah. That is a bee. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah never, bee never happened. So no, no that is no. amazing. Thank you, and Caroline. Roger made some. Quick, quip about it when he went. <laughs> the lady rushed over and you know, the wardrobe lady. Anyway, Mr. Sterling. Yes. I'm Naomi. Mr. Stromberg sent me to collect you. How do you do? Uh, this is my wife, who so happens to be my assistant. You are on holiday here. Well, there's an ocean. A marine biologist is never on holiday. Can we uh, offer you a drink before we go? No, thank you. Mr. Stromberg's a very busy man. His time is precious. What a handsome craft. Such lovely lines. We're going to wrap up in a moment, but just yeah. like, like to ask about, he's such a great ambassador for the whole franchise. Absolutely. What, what, is, what is it like to be a part of this This huge, well, a franchise is a word, but... It's a legendary sort of it iconic is. thing, That's isn't it? That's too small a word, I think, of, yeah. for this. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cultural pillar. Mm. Yes. How does it oh, feel? I like that. Cultural pillar. That's very mm -hmm. nice. Can I use that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I just feel incredibly honoured to 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 be to have been chosen to to be a little part of it. So, yeah. And it, it does follow me, and I, as it does with all the ladies, I know all the wonderful ladies and the men. You know, it's a great honour to have been in a Bond film, and I feel very very lucky. So lucky, really. And it it's been so great to like see you be involved with the cue the music yeah. stuff. I love the cue the music. Yeah. Terrified, terrifying because I'm dyslexic, as I said. So terrifying to read all that stuff, but fabulous to actually be on the thing, you know, on the stage and listen to those wonderful musicians because they are unbelievable. Because oh, you've really all heard are. them, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are so good, you know, really. Yeah, yeah and Warren's it must got a good troop there. Oh, yes. And it must be nice that nobody does it better. It's one of the most long lasting and enduring of Bond mm. songs, as well, isn't it, from your film? Well, it seems to be. I mm. mean, the, the, it pops up here, there, and everywhere, doesn't it, really? <laughs> yes. It yeah. was a great song. It really and was. Yeah. What a beautiful. All the songs. I mean, all the songs. And that was what I loved about Cue the Music is listening to the singers interpret mm. the songs in their own ways. It's just beautiful songs. But yes, ours is, is a great song. Yeah. I'm very proud of it. Nobody does no, it better. Yes. It um, is a great song. And, and as a final question, you asked us the question who our favourite James Bond was. I think I know the answer. Is your Who is your favourite James Bond? <laughs> I don't have to say, do I? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't Truly, think so. nobody did it better than... Oh, Roger. I love it, oh. I love it. Oh, dear Roger. Dear Roger. I'm going to go again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's... Um, right. Caroline... I, we just collectively, we cannot thank you enough for your time. Yeah, thank you so, so much. Yeah. From, from the whole James Bond world, thank oh. you so much for the happiness yeah. Yeah. you've given us in spades over the years. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank that's you. very sweet. You're lovely boys, aren't you? <laughs> oh. Keep it genuine going. Boys. Genuine yeah. boys. Genuine boys. Genuine boys. Yes, no, yeah, I know no, that. We, I feel that. No. Uh, but I, I honestly it. feel like if you ever get the opportunity to tell someone what they what they mean to you, you should take mm. that opportunity. 100%. Yeah. Know you might yeah. not get You're right, that. actually. You're right. We're not... We're not just saying these things. We, the, no. You are 
you and the people talk to are genuinely our heroes and yeah. we oh, absolutely yeah. love this honestly mm. thank you yeah. well thank you it means thank a lot to, to all of us all yeah. of, we're all Bond fans aren't we yeah. basically we are well, all Bond yes. fans and yeah. Yeah. I am a huge Bond fan and to be part of it was very very mm. special for me I shall never forget it <sighs> I shall never yeah Caroline it's been such <laughs> yeah. a pleasure to spend some thank time you. Today. Yeah. Thank thank you. Yes. Yes. lovely time with you lovely to meet you yeah. keep the British end up oh yeah oh yeah Oh, yeah. we jolly shall. We jolly yeah. shall. Yeah. Jolly shall. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Thank you. You too. Thank Take you. Care, Caroline. Bye-bye, Goodbye. Caroline. Bye-bye. Bye. Double O seven. Triple X. Bond, what do you think you're doing? Keeping the British end up, sir. Nobody does. It better. Makes me feel sad for the rest Nobody does it half as good as you Baby, you're the best Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods For 50 to 80% less than similar brands They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 Luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.